0: Section 27 Introduction. In early August, a short time after the three previous revelations, a meeting was held in Harmony, Pennsylvania, to not only confirm Emma as a member of the church, but also Sally Knight and her husband Newell Knight. They also wanted to partake of the sacrament as soon as these three new converts were confirmed. However, it was discovered that they had no wine. During the first four months of the history of the church, the sacrament had always consisted of bread and wine. Joseph, therefore, went out to secure some wine for the sacramental service. However, he had not gone far when he met a heavenly messenger who gave him the following revelation directly from the Savior.
1: Listen to the voice of Jesus Christ, your Lord, your God, and your Redeemer, whose word is quick and powerful.
0: This messenger was about to make a rather sensational announcement, and he wanted them to know that it was coming directly from the Lord. For
1: behold, I say unto you, that it mattereth not what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink when ye partake of the sacrament, if it so be that ye do it with an eye single to my glory, remembering unto the Father my body which was laid down for you, And my blood, which was shed for the remission of your sins.
0: This is a rather amazing statement to hear that it does not matter what the emblems of the sacrament are, so long as they represent the flesh and blood of the Savior, who sacrificed himself to provide the atonement.
1: Wherefore, a commandment I give unto you that you shall not purchase
0: wine, neither strong drink of your enemies. Amazingly, the Lord prohibited his modern saints from purchasing wine or any strong drink from their enemies in order to use it in sacramental services.
1: Wherefore you shall partake of none except it is made new among you. Yea, in this my Father's kingdom, which shall be built up on the earth.
0: Jesus makes an exception if the wine or grape juice has been made new which would imply that it has not yet fermented. The Lord does not want the saints of the latter days to be shocked by this ruling, because this will only prevail until the second coming. When Jesus comes in glory, he will join with his saints in a magnificent banquet. In this revelation, he mentions some of those most distinguished leaders who will be present. For example, it will include Moroni, who brought forth the translation of the Book of Mormon, which the Savior says contains the fullness of the everlasting gospel. Notice that the Lord says he has committed the keys of the gold plates to Moroni, and he identifies them as the keys of the stick of Ephraim.
1: Behold, this is wisdom in me, wherefore marvel not. For the hour cometh that I will drink of the fruit of the vine with you on the earth, and with Moroni whom I have sent unto you to reveal the book of Mormon, containing the fullness of my everlasting gospel, to whom I have committed the keys of the record of the stick of Ephraim, and also with Elias, to whom I have committed the keys of bringing to pass the restoration of all things spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began concerning the last days."
0: The name of Elias means restorer and is applied to several great leaders who have participated in bringing forth the various dispensations. However, the Elias in this verse is believed to have referred to Noah, the first of all the restorers after the great flood. He had the honor of being the ministering angel who appeared to Zacharias as Gabriel to announce the great dispensation of the meridian of time, when the Savior would restore all things through the atonement.
1: And also John, the son of Zacharias, which Zacharias he, Elias, visited and gave promise that he should have a son, and his name should be John, and he should be filled with the spirit of Elias, which John I have sent unto you, my servants, Joseph Smith, Jr., and Oliver Cowdery, to ordain you unto the first priesthood, which you have received, that you might be called and ordained even as Aaron.
0: Notice that this verse verifies that the Elias in verse 6 was indeed the angel who came to Zacharias to announce the coming of John the Baptist and later appeared to Mary to tell her she would be the mother of the Savior. And it was this same John who laid his hands upon the head of Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery and gave them the Aaronic priesthood
1: and also Elijah, unto whom I have committed the keys of the power of turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to the fathers, that the whole earth may not be smitten with a curse.
0: This great promise concerning Elijah constitutes the last verse of the Old Testament.
1: And also with Joseph and Jacob and Isaac and Abraham, your
0: fathers, by whom the promises
1: remain.
0: Notice that the Savior lists the great patriarchs in reverse order with Joseph, who was sold into Egypt, listed first.
1: And also with Michael, or Adam,
0: the father of all, the prince of all, the ancient of days. In this verse, we have the Lord emphasizing that Michael in the Bible was actually the great patriarch Adam, the father of the race. And also with Peter
1: and James and John whom I have sent unto you, by whom I have ordained you and confirmed you to be apostles and especial witnesses of my name, and bear the keys of your ministry and of the same things which I revealed unto them.
0: Now this is a precious passage. It verifies that Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery had previously received the Melchizedek Priesthood and had been ordained apostles by the famous Peter, James, and John, who held the keys of the kingdom since the days of Jesus Christ. Here the Lord verifies that Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery bear those same keys for the modern dispensation. Notice how many things this revelation contains besides the authorizing of using water for the sacrament.
1: Unto whom I have committed the keys of my kingdom, and a dispensation of the gospel for the last times, and for the fullness of times, in the which I will gather together in one all things, both which are in heaven and which are on earth and also with all those whom my Father hath given me out of the world.
0: This verse refers to all those whom the Father selected and foreordained in the pre-existence to be the covenant saints of God in the second estate.
1: Wherefore, lift up your hearts and rejoice, and gird up your loins, and take upon you my whole armor, that ye may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all, that ye may be able to
0: stand. No one knew better than the Savior what Joseph Smith and his associates would have to go through before the restored gospel became fully rooted among mankind. He therefore urges them to put on the whole armor of God and gird up their loins so they can withstand the ferocious onslaughts of Satan which the Lord knew would be waged against them.
1: Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, which I have sent mine angels to commit unto you. They will need the breastplate of righteousness. Taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of my spirit, which I will pour out upon you, and my word, which I reveal unto you, and be agreed, as touching all things whatsoever ye ask of me. And be faithful until I come, and ye shall be caught up, that where I am,
0: ye shall be also. Amen. Also the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Lord's Spirit, The Savior promises to pour out his word to guide them and promises to give them whatever they ask if they are prayerfully united. Section 28 Introduction The month of August 1830 brought a series of miserable experiences for Joseph and Emma Smith. Emma was expecting again and was not well. Then a minister came to the Hale home and filled the minds of Emma's parents with all kinds of lies about Joseph Smith and the newly organized church. Joseph says, quote, He visited my father-in-law and told him falsehoods concerning me of the most shameful nature, which turned the old man and his family so much against us that they would no longer promise protection or belief in our doctrines. And that's unquote, and quoted by Joseph Fielding Smith in Essentials of Church History, page 108. The feelings of the Hale family became so bitter that never again would they entertain any discussion of Joseph Smith or his teachings. Under these circumstances, the life of the prophet was threatened, and violence was expected to break out at any time. Joseph pleaded for help from the Whitmers, and in answer to his prayers, help came but it was a large wagon from Colesville belonging to Joseph Knight. The wagon was quickly heaped to overflowing with all the furniture and household goods of Joseph and Emma. Word also came that the Whitmers would arrange to accommodate Joseph and Emma in Fayette, so the heavily laden wagon headed in that direction. Both Joseph and Emma realized they were probably saying goodbye to harmony forever. They were leaving the modest cottage where most of the Book of Mormon had been translated. Maroon I had also visited there on several occasions, and this was where Joseph had received fifteen revelations from God. Nearby was the Susquehanna River where Joseph and Oliver had been baptized after receiving the priesthood while kneeling before the resurrected John the Baptist. In the same vicinity they had knelt to receive the Melchizedek priesthood from the inspired angelic personages of Peter, James, and John. This was where Joseph first met and courted Emma, and for a number of years they had enjoyed a cordial relationship with the Hales. Now they were saying farewell to all of this, and secretly they felt it might be forever." Never would they have guessed that over a hundred years later, on February the 10th, 1947, the church would buy up the tiny farm of Joseph Smith and also the 80-acre Hale farm and all the land along the banks of the Susquehanna River where so many sacred events had transpired. The hundred-mile journey to Fayette was hot, rough, and dusty. It was especially distressing to Emma in her delicate physical condition. But they had barely arrived in their new destination when Joseph received some extremely disturbing news. It certainly wasn't anything he might have expected. Oliver Cowdery and some members of the Whitmer family excitedly announced that Hiram Page, one of the eight witnesses to the Book of Mormon, had found a marvelous stone through which he was receiving revelations for the church. He had even been told where the new Jerusalem would be located. As soon as Joseph and Emma had been settled into their new quarters, Joseph told Oliver Cowdery that the Lord had a revelation just for him. The Lord was about to settle once and for all who would be receiving revelations for the church. Now the text of section 28.
1: Behold. I say unto thee, Oliver, that it shall be given unto thee that thou shalt be heard by the church in all things whatsoever thou shalt teach them by the Comforter concerning the revelations and commandments which I have given. But behold, verily, verily, I say unto thee, no one shall be appointed to receive commandments and revelations in this church excepting my servant Joseph Smith, Jr., for he receiveth them even as Moses.
0: This revelation was double-edged. First, Oliver was entitled to teach the members of the church whatever he received directly from dictates of the Holy Ghost. These would always be teachings concerning the revelations and commandments which the Lord had already given. However, it must be plainly understood that no one is appointed to receive commandments and revelations for the church except Joseph Smith
1: and thou shalt be obedient unto the things which I shall give unto him, even as Aaron, to declare faithfully the commandments and the revelations, with power and authority unto the church.
0: Furthermore, Oliver is under the strictest mandate to be obedient to the revelations and commandments which shall be given to Joseph Smith, for only the prophet has authority to deliver the will of the Lord to the whole church.
1: And if thou art led at any time by the Comforter to speak or teach, or at all times by the way of commandment unto the church, thou mayest do it. But thou shalt not write by way of commandment,
0: but by wisdom. At the same time, if Oliver is led by the Holy Spirit to speak out on certain matters, he should do so. However, it must be by way of spoken counsel or wisdom and not by way of written commandment. It would have to be somewhat like Paul when he spoke to the Corinthians and said, quote, "I give my advice," and again, but not by way of commandment, unquote. and that's found in Second Corinthians eight eight and ten. Of course, if Oliver felt strongly moved upon by the Holy Ghost, he could at least say he felt impressed to give certain advice.
1: And thou shalt not command him who is at thy head, and at the head of the church. For I have given him the keys of the mysteries and the revelations which are sealed, until I shall appoint unto them another in his stead.
0: But the Lord makes it emphatically clear that Oliver is not to represent any position which is contrary to the head of the church. Of course, that is what he had been doing by encouraging Hiram Page and proclaiming that he knew where the new Jerusalem would be, as well as other teachings which had never been taught by Joseph Smith now that the lord has chastened oliver and set forth the strict principles by which the church is to be governed he has an exciting surprise for him
1: and now behold i say unto you that you shall go unto the lamanites and preach my gospel unto them and inasmuch as they receive thy teachings thou shalt cause my church to be established among them and thou shalt have revelations, but write them not by way of commandment.
0: Concerning the major error of Hiram Page in being misled by false revelation through a satanical instrument, here is what the Lord had to say. And
1: now behold, I say unto you, that it is not revealed, and no man knoweth where the city Zion shall be built, but it shall be given hereafter. Behold, I say unto you, that it shall be on the borders by the Lamanites.
0: Even though the Lord was not ready to reveal exactly where the new Jerusalem or Zion will be, at least it is not where Hiram Page had predicted. In fact, it will be in the direction where Oliver Cowdery is about to be called to go on a mission, near the borders of the Lamanites.
1: Thou shalt not leave this place until after the conference. And my servant Joseph shall be appointed to preside over the conference by the voice of it, and what he saith to thee thou shalt tell.
0: It is interesting that Oliver was told to attend the second conference, which had been scheduled to be held in Fayette right away. The Lord mentions that Joseph will preside over the conference, but only after the people have accepted him by common consent— during the conference, Oliver may be called upon to speak, and if so, he is to present the principles suggested to him by Joseph, the president of the church. Oliver now gets some additional instructions, which will be a pattern to guide the church leaders in the future. He is told how to handle the situation with Hiram Page. And again, thou shalt
1: take thy brother Hiram Page between him and thee alone, and tell him that those things which he hath written from that stone are not of me, and that Satan deceiveth him. For behold, these things have not been appointed unto him, neither shall anything be appointed unto any of this church contrary to the church covenants. For all things must be done in order, and by common
0: consent in the church, by the prayer of faith, It was in the spirit of kindness that Oliver was told to take Hiram Page off by himself and explain to him that he had been deceived. Some would like to have him denounced from the podium, but by following the Lord's procedure it allowed Hiram Page to quietly explain to people, a few at a time, that he had been misled and had learned an important lesson. "'And
1: thou shalt assist to settle all these things.' According to the covenants of the church, before thou shalt take thy journey among the Lamanites.
0: Notice that not only Hiram Page is given a chance to reconcile himself with the saints, but Oliver is not to go on his mission until everyone has learned an important lesson from this unfortunate encounter with the adversary.
1: And it shall be given thee, from the time thou shalt go until the
0: time thou shalt return, what thou shalt do. It is plain that the Lord wants Oliver to put a leash on himself and carefully abide by the instructions he will receive.
1: And thou must open thy mouth at all times, declaring my gospel with a sound of rejoicing. Amen.
0: It is clear that the Lord wants Oliver to testify in the capacity of a second witness to all the wonderful things he has seen and heard. It is interesting that the Lord says He specifically wants this message to go forth with rejoicing. If you liked this podcast and would like access to other materials by W. Cleon Skousen, you can find them online at skousenlibrary.com.